Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We can always find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we need you all the time. But we thank you, Lord, for being our God, our maker, and our creator. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Yeah, I was yawning for a minute, but I didn't go to sleep. I don't think I did. I'm awake now anyway, so praise God. So today we're going to talk about um, hearing the word, how important it is to hear the word. And it's important what you hear. And Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Amen. So there's a right way and a wrong way to hear. There's um, uh, certain things that will benefit us if we hear them, certain things that will take away from our faith if we hear those things. <clears throat> we know that if we live in a steady diet of doubt and unbelief and uh, uh, information that's uh, contrary to the word of God, it will not benefit us. But the word benefits us greatly all the time. The best thing to do when you are listening to the word is give it your full attention. That way it will... Uh, um, resonate with you, it will deposit in your heart or in your spirit and will cause you to grow spiritually. Amen. Uh, there's a way that we can grow spiritually uh, by spending time in the Word, meditating on it, thinking about it, taking it with us, chewing on it throughout the day. All those things are beneficial to our spiritual growth. Uh, sometimes we think it's not that important. You know, it, it, there's two ways to approach the things of God. <clears throat> One way is just to show up, you know, just get checked off for the day. I went to church. And, you know, I gave my offering, gave my tithe. I did this, I did that. Those are all good things to do, but there is a different dimension of life with God. There's a life with Him uh, where you kind of come away with him so that he can show you things, he can teach you things, and that is through the word. Um, you know, it's okay if you have experiences with God, you know, where he manifests or he shows up and his presence is notable, that's always good. Um, but aside from that, you've got to connect with him through the word. You've got to know how to reach him through his word. And that his, is, that's his main way of speaking to us. Amen. Don't, don't overblow certain things. I think sometimes because things aren't that frequent, like people will say, well, I heard God speak to me today or, or, you know, I felt God's presence real strong. And sometimes we will overrate experiences because they seem to be rare to us. But God can talk to you and does often show up quite a bit in in our, our midst. It's just a matter of you paying attention to it. So it's like, you know, he's, he's there, but we don't pay attention sometimes. And so these rare times, sometimes when we are paying attention, we don't really recognize that that is good, but God still, you can have constant contact with God through his word, through meditating on his word. And, and that's where you get the richness of God. Why? Because you understand him better. Uh, if you if you talk to somebody and they talk to you, you get understanding. You know, just being around them, you don't really know them that well. Amen? 
So you, you have to get to know. It's like people that you may have worked with and, uh, or worked in the same company or in the same building. And you see them come in every morning. You see their face. They go to their office. You go to yours or you go to your part of the building. They go to theirs. And you kind of like, well, they look like a nice person. Or maybe you might see them one time in a hurry. And they kind of are kind of abrupt or they don't look at you this time or notice you. And you might get an impression, oh, they're, they're kind of, um, you know, funny, you know, or, or, you know, they're not this or not that. And then you start working a little bit closer to them and you start to talk to them. And you say, you know, I never know you, knew you were, you know, this or that. I thought you were kind of like so and so and such and such. Why? You never talked to them. So that communication and talking gives you your best information and your best impression about anybody. Their words will tell you exactly what they think, what they feel, uh, how they, how they respond in certain situations. Uh, conversation is everything as far as getting to know somebody. And it's the same way with God. Until we connect with Him regularly through His Word, we don't know Him. You think you know Him, you know about Him, you've heard some things about Him. Uh, sometimes you, you know things, uh, uh, based on tradition or, or, um, sometimes just out and out untruths about God. People just believe wrong things. And so until you get in that word yourself, you really don't know the Lord. And it's good to keep a regular routine of the word. Amen. A routine of going into the word and, and reading until God begins to speak to you or he gives you some kind of, uh, encouragement through that or some kind of information. And so we're going to talk about hearing the word, how to hear the word and what that does for you. Amen. How does, how does that change you? Uh, we know that Romans 12 too tells us to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed into a kingdom person, amen, by the renewing of your mind. And so that transformation is something that's continually taking place in us, but it takes place as we give attention to the word. You will not be transformed without the word. Now, many people, um, uh, you know, <clears throat> they go to church and they hear a sermon, they get fragments, bits and pieces, but until you open that Bible, you don't really, God won't talk to you just in pieces. You've got to get under his, um, his plan for you. And that's when he begins to, he knows he's got your attention then, if you get under his plan. And his plan, you know, uh, in these latter days, Hebrews tells us, God speaks to us from through his son, which is the word of God. Amen. So this word cannot be replaced. Uh, you can't just listen to somebody preach and listen to sermons and think you know God through the word. He wants you to open that Bible and so he can start leading you to what's for you. He can start speaking to you. He can amplify certain scriptures that you look at. Uh, he will have you start to question. Sometimes, you know, you read the Bible and, and it's like, it went over my head. I don't even understand that. And, and he will cause you to question things. And when you start questioning, guess what? You get answers. 
Amen? And so sometimes our not understanding, don't get frustrated because or angry because you don't understand something you read in the Bible. You know, welcome to the club. You know, we can be sitting up there throwing pages left and right and not really comprehending anything. But, you know, keep keep reading until God stops you and shows you what he wants you to know. And so in Proverbs 4, verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them in health or medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart. With all diligence, or guard your heart diligently, for out of it are the issues of life. So what that means is that uh, be careful what you think and meditate on, because it will get embedded on the inside of you. If you, you know, constantly are thinking about material things, you know, you could, you run the risk of starting to be into covet things because you're always going to find something you want or you don't have. And so once that, 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 uh, uh, spirit of covetousness gets a hold of you, you know, you'll be thinking all the time, scheming how to get this, how to get that. Amen. And so if, if you, but if you meditate on the richness of God, you'll begin to understand that God has already given you all things and you begin to let the Lord be your portion. If you're filled up by your relationship with God and knowing he loves you and and talking to him about his plan for your life and let that be what you live off of. Let that be your meat. Amen? Let that be your desire. Then you'll find everything else is added to you. You know, before you know it, God's giving you not worrying any more about material things because you'll be so satisfied in God that if you have them or if you don't, it, it won't break your spirit. It won't, it won't cause you to be discouraged or disappointed, disillusioned. All of those things happen to people because their heart's in the wrong place. Amen. It's in things. It's not in God. If you put your heart in God, then the God who rules all things will be sufficient for you. And then you'll know, you know, why am I worried about this? God is taking care of me. I don't have to be concerned about anything. You know, God is my portion. And he's more than enough. Amen? And so because, why? Because we're spirit. We're not just flesh. And we're not just people. You know, we're not carnal people. We have a spirit now that God is developing in us. And so the, the really, the, the, uh, word comes to develop our spirit. And from the spirit, then the flesh gets nourishment. So it, when it says here, it's life to those who find them. It's spiritual life. Amen. And from that spirit life, then health comes to our flesh. So it comes to our spirit first. And then it transmits over into our flesh. Our flesh gets healed because our spirit is enriched by the life of God that comes through his word. So that word, you may not need a, a, a healing word today. You might need a, a word that gives you peace of mind or gives you hope or gives you encouragement or that, that uh, heals your soul. Uh, sometimes you'll, you'll think of some things and 
God will take you back over some some things that may have happened in your life. And and he'll drop a, a word on you or drop some wisdom on you. And you'll begin to make sense of um, things that happened a long time ago. And why is this important? Because you're being renewed. It's a renewal for you. Uh, whereas in the past it might have been a puzzle for you. You know, God, why, 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 why did it always seem that every time this happened or that happened, I was not able to participate or I wasn't able to, you know, do certain things and, and all of this. And, and then God will just drop a word on you and give you understanding. Whereas before you were upset about it, you were feeling, um, unworthy or or low self-esteem you know there's a lot of that that goes along around and god will come in and just tell you something and you you'll think oh my goodness all these years i've been thinking it was because of thus and thus and thus and thus but actually it was and see, we'll find that we've been so wrong about so much because we didn't have all the information. Now that you're in the Word, you get all the information. You get you get things put together the right way. You know, I was thinking one day, and, and this is just just something I'll share with you because it just comes to mind. Um, I I was. Uh, found out long after I was married to my husband um, that while we were dating, he fathered a child with somebody else who was supposed to be a mutual friend. And this was kept a secret for like 10, 12, 15, maybe 18 years. This, this kid was finally out of out of high school when he finally told me. And... It was such a pain to me. And the Lord told me, he said, had I let you know that, and see, I went, we weren't even saved then. And the Lord told me, and this was many years later, he said, it's hurtful now, he said, and you know me as healer, he said, but had you found that out many years ago, because I was very angry. I said, God, if I had known that, I never would have married this one. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get mad. And so he said, my plan for the both of you was that you be saved and he be saved. Had I told you years ago, that never would have happened. Do you understand? God can't prevent everything from happening, all unpleasant things. But what he can do is intervene and work wisdom into it so that his will is done. And you can look back and see the will of God is done in your life. Do you understand me? And at that point, my husband was just newly saved. And I wanted to catch him up on the second floor and throw him down the stairs. Do you understand me? You get that angry at people. Because it's a betrayal, it's a hurt. You know, it's something that didn't have to happen. and All of the above. But the Lord showed me in that was his mercy. See, he'll work whatever mercy he can work in such situations. Many times there's not much room for, for him to do much. But he can work mercy in 
many situations because he's a sovereign God. And he looks at the big picture. And I would rather have now knowing when my husband, and and he only had another 10 years to live at that time. And I didn't know that. You see, you never know these things. You don't know anything. We're just stumbling around here in the dark thinking we're wise. But had I, you know, had I done, had I known that, you know, uh, from the beginning, there would have been a big breakup. Of course, you know, I'd have gotten over it. You know, you, you get over things and you keep moving. But as far as God's sovereign will being done, he has to be in charge of that. So you got to understand that even though things may hurt you or things may not work out the way you want them to work out, God's plan is still at work there. He's got the best plan. And I would rather see, you know, we're supposed to be soul winners. Amen. <laughs> you know, you never think about yourself being married to the soul you're going to win over to the Lord. You got me? So you got to start where you are. And if God in his sovereignty wants to set you up to be able to help somebody to know him, then he'll do it. Because to him it's worth it for a soul to be saved. But at that time, it was something that I felt was, was you know, oh, they can't be, ah, no, I wish I had known this so many years ago, you know. Who needs this trouble? Who needs this pain? But then you think about it, and God is the God of all. He's He's a sovereign God, and he knows what he's doing. So you got to understand that God is doing more than just helping us not to feel bad about life. You know, it's not always about that. It's about working with us right where we are and still getting his plan done. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to to give God praise and glory for knowing in advance how these things are going to work out and getting us to the place where we cooperate with him, you know. And uh, my husband had a cousin, and uh, they grew kind of grew up together. And she got saved. She moved to California. She got saved, and, and she went to Fred Price's church. And so I would talk with her off and on during the years, and she said, you know, she said, I look at you sometimes. She said, I never knew you were going to get saved. She said, but I tell you, honey, if you hadn't got saved and prayed for my, my cousin, he wouldn't have got saved. So nobody in their family was ever knew the Lord. She said, them was some evil people, you know. And, I, you know, she wasn't trying to say that. It, of course, when we say things, they're exaggerated. But there's wisdom there. Sometimes you got to know, unless you pay the price and go through some stuff with people sometimes, they're not going to get out of this life knowing the Lord. And I'm very thankful that God saved my husband. You know, most of y'all who went to conferences, uh, you know, when when he was alive, Miss Pat, you were there. He was always sitting on the front row, lifting his hands, worshiping the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? So that, you know, this is small. Your, your grief that you go through is small. What are you going to trade for a soul? You know, I mean, really. And, and so you, you gotta understand these things. You know, you, you live a life that, that you want to be pleasing to God, but there are times when you, things happen that aren't what you want them to be. And God has to show you, I was working in that all along to bring about good out of this situation. He said, and I worked it out for your good. 
Amen? And so we have to understand that. And you only get to know these things by taking God's word and meditating on it. And he'll begin to open up things to you, begin to open up wisdom. He'll begin to open up understanding and knowledge and and all of that kind of stuff that we didn't have before. Because now we're we're in relationship with God. Now we're taking God uh, with us personally, where he can talk to us and spend time with us. And if you slow your roll down long enough to just sit and let him speak to you, he will unravel a lot of mysteries in your life. You know, it's not all about how to be a millionaire and how to, you know, have a big this and a big that. Sometimes it's about making you whole that you go into the Word. And you got to understand, God has wholeness for all of us. Because I never would have thought God's plan was working in my life way back there. But it was. He's sovereign God. And he knows when you're going to get saved. He knows how you're going to get saved. He knows the souls he's responding. He's expecting you to be responsible for down here on earth. We're responsible for certain people. To, to minister to them, to connect with them, keep relationships going. That's why I don't like to see people break up friendships or break up marriages or break up anything. You know, especially when you're Christians because there's a Holy Ghost glue to glue you together. You understand me? And we got to look for that. we got to look for reconciliation. You can't just be at odds with everybody forever. we got to have some peace about you and, and overcoming and that kind of stuff. So, so he says, pay attention to my words because the word itself is life. And the word becomes health to your flesh. It will heal your body. But you gotta have life. You gotta get the life of the word in you first. Amen? That life is so powerful. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So whenever you go into word of God, you get life inside of you. You get new life in there. You get uh, a, a, um, a, uh, a release of a greater life on the inside of you, just because of God's word. Amen? And so when that word comes into your heart, that word is able, the Bible says, it's sharp, it's alive, it's powerful, and it begins to pierce things. So it begins to sever. Say, for instance, if you need healing and you have been told something about your symptoms. Now, I'm not going to say anybody who's saved has disease because you're redeemed from the curse of sickness. You know, you don't you don't go back and say, I'm sick now, God get me well. You've got to say, I'm healed and sickness has no place. You can't receive both of them. You know, you, just because you're not feeling well, that don't make you sick. You're still healed, amen. You either are or you aren't. So you make up your mind which one you are. And so I don't tell people who are saved that they have disease because you don't, amen, unless you decide you want it. And even then you can't get it. You know, I was listening to my friend, uh, uh, the bishop, it, it, uh, he was our landlord in, in Detroit for many years. And he would not be feeling well, go to the hospital, and then he'd get out. I'd see him. I'd, he'd be missing for a couple of weeks, and then I'd see him show up all of a sudden. And I said, man of God, how you doing? Oh, sis, oh, sis, pray for me, sis, pray for me, sis. 
I've been in a hospital. I said, well, what's wrong? Oh, they couldn't find nothing. I said, because you're healed. Now, this would go on. (laughs) We'd have this conversation at least two or three times a year. They could never find anything. His mother lived to be like 102 or something. She She was still coming to church every Sunday. She'd have her little circle of ladies sitting out there in the, uh, they had a, um, sanctuary behind it was a, a meeting room and so uh she would be back there in the meeting room after service uh you know um sitting with a group of other uh, mothers in the church and so sometimes i would stop in or they'd see me and wave at me and, say, and so they'd come pray for us and they always everybody always wanted prayer you know so whoo i love that i love that say, thank you jesus you know and we just Quicken and have a good time sitting up there, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, <laughs> so you know how some people, them saints are, they see the younger folk and they want to get them involved and stuff too. So anyway, but it was just always so sweet. But, but, you know, even if you're in, uh, uh, not quite in belief like that the, uh, bishop was, you know, he was still chasing down symptoms, but every time he went to the hospital, they never found anything because he was healed. You understand what I'm saying? And so I told him, I said, well, Bishop, I said, you know, just just keep letting God heal you. Let let him keep letting him touch you. I said, you'll see. I said, they'll never be going to be able to find anything on you. So so it was just good to see God's work, word work in spite of, you know, in spite of our doubts at times or whatever. God is faithful. Amen. He is so faithful. And so, uh, so anyway, but, but it, it says here, uh, don't let the word depart from your eyes. See, always feast your eyes on the word. I, and I think that's so important because <clears throat> many times if your Bible is closed or you haven't visited your Bible in a while, you keep saying you're going to go on that app on your phone and you never do. You go on Facebook, you look at pictures, you take pictures, you send text messages, you do everything but look at that Bible on there. And so it's good to keep scripture, you know, around where you can look at it, your eyes can, can be on it, you know, and we, I know uh, when we started this, these healing meetings since COVID, we, uh, uh, had had some scriptures that we had on cards and, and different sayings from scripture, scriptural sayings. And so we were able to see those things uh, every day just to remind us that we're healed and remind us uh, that symptoms don't really mean anything. They're not, they don't lead to anything. See, like when you're in the world and that's all you know is the natural realm, if you see a symptom, you have to follow it up to make sure it's not going to last. Does it mean any? Well, this is, I've been feeling like this for like a week now. What does that mean? In the kingdom, you can't follow up like that. It doesn't mean anything. See? The enemy's doing that to see if we'll attach meaning to it. Or try to attach a name to it. Or if we focus on it long enough, we'll let it start to move us to go and do something about it, you see. Now, you can do that. There's sometimes you do need medical attention or natural attention. 
just so you can feel better. You know, if you go get in a word and that symptom doesn't move for a period of time, you may need to go and, and, and find out what that symptom means as far as what they can do to help you feel better. See, we're talking about nothing but feelings. We're not talking about trying to get some kind of diagnosis that you have to live with. Because you don't, you don't live under diagnosis. You know, when, when you treat symptoms, you're just trying to feel better so you can function better. Amen? So you, but you, you take everything except the diagnosis when you go to the doctor. Amen? You don't take that. Say, give my pills. When do I need to come back and let me get out of here? But I'm not receiving the diagnosis because I'm healed. Amen? You're healed all the time, whether you have symptoms or not. Amen? Symptoms don't mean anything because they lie to us. If you're redeemed from the curse, you're redeemed. The devil can't buy you back. Redemption means purchase. You've been paid for. Spirit, soul, mind, and body, your whole being has been paid for. So you don't belong to Satan anymore and you don't belong to the world anymore. Amen? So if he, if God paid for you, how's the devil gonna buy you back from God? What's he gonna pay God to take you from God? See, you, you can't have sickness. It's not for you. God's not even going to put it on you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, he's not going to let you have it. Now you can call it something if you just insist on it, but I, I strongly advise against it. Because it's not true. You need to stick with truth. If you're going to live in truth, stick with truth. Don't call yourself anything. So I'm the healed of the Lord. Amen? Well, what about so and so? It's just a symptom. It's leaving. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Let 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 God see your faith all the time. Amen. And don't buy in to what the enemy says. Symptoms, if they're regarded, if they give, if they're given attention, what do they do? They start to manifest even stronger. Amen. So if you cannot attend to your physical man. And just attend to your spirit man. Give your spirit man all the attention that you have. By giving the word all the attention that you have. Amen. But the Bible says the word is able to separate out soul from spirit. Amen. So once your spirit starts getting filled up and strong in the word. What's in your soul will be corrected according to what's in your spirit. So then your spirit man starts to feed your soul man. Your soul says, you know what? I am healed. I was sitting up here feeling this and feeling that and trying to track that symptom down and see what that meant and what it meant I might have. Let me stop that because I'm still healed. In spite of what I feel like, I'm still healed. Amen? And and begin to fight it on that level. Man, just make a decision to agree with God's word. Amen. And your word, your spirit man totally understands God. 
He understands the word. He understands what you mean when you say I'm healed even though there's symptoms in your body. He understands what you're paying attention to. So you're paying attention to the word which is truth. And everything else the Bible says let God be true and every symptom a liar. Amen. So, you know, every other word is a lie compared to God's word of truth. So, so this is the way we have to determine to live. Now, your little brain, your little carnal brain might get curious about what a symptom means when you feel a pain or you feel something shooting or, or don't get something that's new. Pain is as old as Satan is. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing new about pain. Pain is pain. Amen? I don't care if it's emotional, if it's physical, whatever it is. Pain is pain. It all hurts. So it's not like this is a new pain. No, it's the same pain. It might have moved to a new location, but it's the same pain. Amen? So just do with it what you did with the last pain you had. Well, you know, it was hurting back in so-and-so, and it just, for some reason, it just stopped. Yeah, you quit paying attention to it. Amen? Remember, Abraham considered not his own body, the Bible says. Oh, that's hard. No, you just, if he did it, you can do it. You might call want to call it hard if you want to. If Abraham can could not look at his body, I mean, it, it's, it's not even, t- his wasn't even pain. It, his was worse than pain. His was old age impotence and, and lack of interest, <laughs> even, you know. And the Bible says he paid no attention to that. And one day his body revived and stayed revived. After he had Isaac, you know, uh, uh, Sarah passed away and he got married again and had more kids. You understand? So what God does and lasts forever. Yeah, he considered not his body and then one day it came back to life again. Just like ours do. When you quit considering every little ache and pain, one day you'll recognize, you know what? I haven't had a pain in a long time You're because you're healed. You finally quit paying attention to something that, that was of no consequence in your life. Amen? Amen. So in, in once you start to believe God, he's not going to let you die before he heals you. But I mean, before the symptoms leave. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people think, well, well, God, you know, they say it's this, that, and the other. And I don't know how long I can just stay in this word and waiting for you to heal me. You're not waiting for him to heal you. You're healed already. See, if we get it straightened out, we'd realize once you begin to believe God, he doesn't quit until you get what you believe him for. Hey, you're not going to die because... Because you're believing God to heal you. Amen. People get in a hurry for everything. You know, you want to rush God around. You know, all this stuff. Thinking he's, you know, when, when Jesus went with, um, uh, Jairus to go and heal this little girl. And the woman with the issue of blood came by and, you know, she had to pull on him and then he had to stop and talk to her and, you know, Jairus is like, well, she was dying when I left the house to come out here and talk to you. Now, we we going to have 
some trouble here. You'll get here in a hurry. Did she died, but Jesus raised her from the dead when he got there. Once he once you believe you're healed, you will be healed if you don't let the devil steal it from you. See, if you don't get in a rush, being a rush for time causes people to die of cancer. Where they've been believing God for healing. Amen? Why? Because they don't think it's done already. They think they're going to run out of time. If it means you confess healing scripture all day and all night, you're going to get healed. You understand? Once you undertake to receive from God, you will get it. Because he'll tell you what to do in order to get it. And continually feeding your body the medicine of the word never fails. This right here, Proverbs 4.20, this never fails. Never fails. How much of a dose do you, you can't overdose? So keep shoveling the word in by his stripes. Huh? One, one of them times you confess it, it's going to click and fall in. And every symptom you have is going to lift off your body. You understand me? So we have to understand what, what, what intensity it takes so that we don't stay in fear of dying. You know, if, if you're scared of dying, get in the Word. Crawl up in the Bible and zip that, get, get in there and, and zip that zipper up around you and stay in that Bible. You understand? Don't come out. Don't come out until you got what you need. Norval Hayes said that this was a, a, a young man that he, this, this young man they said could die at any time. He was near death. He was, Norval was visiting a, a church. The pastor, uh, the pastor's wife mentioned to him, she said, you know what? She said, that young man is, they say he's still alive. So I, I bet if you and Brother Norval, I believe Brother Norval could pray for him and, and God will heal him. And so Norval said, well, I'm willing to go. And they, they got permission. In fact, they weren't letting anybody visit. They're just the family, you know. Uh, you know, it's the death vigil. Only immediate family because we don't want invaders coming in and not letting them die, I guess. You know, I don't know what people think. But anyway, they did get permission to go in. And see him, and Norval said that his wife, they had just gotten married, had been married longer than one or two years. Real young. And the wife was sitting there at his bedside, you know, just being there. And so as he was getting ready to leave, they only gave him a couple minutes as he, before he went out, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, Mark 11.23 will heal him if it was obeyed. Got me? If it's obeyed. That's the condition of anything you see in here. Is yours if you obey. Many times we look at the word and don't think, how can I make this real for me? You know, I mean, if you don't really quite understand it and you don't, it's not really working in your life, you know it's not working, sometimes we don't pause long enough in God to find out how to get it to work for me. I want this, God. i got to get this. How do I get it to work for me? And so Norval, before he went out, he said, I, I just grabbed her real quick and said, Honey, honey, God told me that this scripture will heal your husband. Now let me tell you what you got to do. And he explained to her how to talk 
and and speak life over him. My husband will live and not die. Satan, you get your hands off my husband. My husband will live and not die in Jesus' name. And he said, you say that all day and all night. He said, if you get tired, stop and drink some water. Do whatever you do. But as often as you're awake here, sitting here, you speak that word over him. And the way Norval described his breathing, he was at death's door. Because uh, uh, there's a, a kind of breathing sometimes people do, especially when they can't do anything for you, is that they pause so long you think they're dead. Because, it, it, see, carbon dioxide is what stimulates you to breathe. And by the time you get that far gone, it takes minutes for it to build up again enough to stimulate your breathing center in your brain, because when you're semi-conscious, it's depressed quite a bit. That sound familiar, Miss Vicky? You know, when they get acidotic breathing, when people are near death, and so those long pauses scared everybody, because they thought that was his last breath, and then all of a sudden he goes, <gasps> like that, and come back. And so when, when Norval went back the next time, they had given their testimony that God had raised that young man up off that bed. And Norval did ask the wife, he said, well, how long did you do? She said, I did it like you said. She said, I just kept repeating over and over. My husband will, will live and not die. And Jesus, you're our healer and we are healed. And, you know, all the healing scriptures that he gave her, she spoke. But mostly he would live and not die. She began to spoke, speak life to him. And she said in about two days, his breathing changed to a few more breaths, you know, in a, in a minute's period of time. So she could see some improvement. But she kept it up and kept it up, and I think it was maybe a couple of weeks with that before he was conscious and, and on the mend. Amen? But the word of God will do it. See, once you start believing, God takes over from there. You're not just trying to get God to start something for you. Once you believe you've received it, he takes over from there. Just like Jesus did with Jairus. He was on his way to heal that little girl and nothing was going to stop that. He saw to it. She got healed. He didn't care what happened in between. See, many times people have things, you know, you're believing God for a healing for this, and then you go to the doctor, they found something else. It happens to people. Well, that doesn't mean that God can't take care of something else too. He takes care of all of it. Because once you start believing, your healing is on its way. The Bible says it will come to pass. You can have what you say. And if you believe you received it already, the rest of it is coming. Amen. So it's on the way. And so we have to believe that God heard us and he's working on it. Amen. He won't leave you high and dry. He's, you know, it's never too late to start believing the word of God. I mean, it's just not. You know, it may be a challenge for you, but it's not too late. And so, you know, nowadays we have the benefit of recordings. We can listen to the word, record the word. Miriam Hellman said there was a woman that, that uh, you know, she lived in Israel for a number of years. 
And she did a Bible study, and it was, you know, mostly Jewish people in that. And she said this woman had been missing from their Bible study for like a week or ten days. And, and the Lord just had her go by and see her one time. And she went, and the woman told her, she said, I'm, I'm, I'm really very, very sick. She said, they say I have a tumor. I don't know where the tumor was. She said, and, and I'm not going to get better. And so the Lord told her to go get a, a tape recorder. And she had one in her car. And she went and got it out. And it, she gave the woman Isaiah 53, 3 and 4. You know, by your stripes we are healed. And the Lord told her to tell her to repeat it several times in that tape recorder. And she did, and she told the lady, she said, would you play this over and over and over again? And she said the next time she saw that lady, she was up and around. But see, it takes people who will obey. you got to have enough faith in you to obey instruction. See, if you don't incline your ear to the word and hear it and pay attention to it and say, if this is true, then I should not be sick. I should not be accepting sickness, see. Uh, and, and let yourself receive what's in that word. But mostly we reject things because we just think a certain way. And we don't want to change the way we think. We let it go in. Well, I've heard that before. You know, that's what, you don't say that, but that's kind of the way your mind treats it. Like something that's familiar that you don't need to focus on. But the more you, you, you grow in the Lord, you, the more you need to give attention to the Word. The more we need to pay attention to what God's Word says and to follow up on it. Amen? So, so these things are very important. You know, the most convincing voice you'll ever hear is your own. And so it's good to, you know, I mean, we all listen to tapes of people who have recorded scriptures and stuff like that. But until you can talk to yourself about what God's doing, talk to yourself, mutter it to yourself, tell yourself what it is that is true, you know, you won't get the full benefit of it, I don't think. You know, just just uh, or listening to somebody else say it, that kind of stuff, it's okay. I mean, sometimes you'll, you'll get major benefit out of that. But oftentimes it's your own meditation that's going to help you to receive what you need from God. In fact, that's the biggest, biggest help that you're ever going to have for yourself. So in Joshua 1 8, we'll go there and, and see what God says about meditating the Word. And don't get this confused with confessing the Word and trying to convince God to heal you because of your much speaking. <laughs> Remember what Jesus told the Pharisees? He says, you think you're going to, God's going to hear you because you talk a lot and keep saying it over and over again. And mostly, that's not our fault. Because we've been told to confess the word, and we should. But we need to be more believing, amen, thank you, more believing than confessing. Because once you, once you start to say it out loud, you need to understand why you're doing it. Who are you talking to? Why do you confess the word? Amen? 
and and does confession really just mean out loud all the time? There's an inner confessing of the word that we all need to do. It's like, say for instance, you know, God's word, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What about a deaf person that doesn't have this kind of hearing? Do you know God can speak to somebody's heart and they don't even hear from the outside? Amen? <laughs> and, and, and if they can't speak too, they're going to get there strictly through meditating on the inside. Well, we'll do what Joshua 1.8 so we can see what that says. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. So it's speaking and hearing, and once you speak it to yourself, then you start to think about what it is you've spoken to yourself. So the meditation is day and night, and also speaking it so that you can hear it and understand it, but once you get it on the inside, that's where it's going to do you the most good. He said, once you meditate in it day and night, it's you do that so that you can obey it. Do what it tells you to do. Do according to all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So we need to take all of the word that we can hear and keep it on the inside of us. See, God, through your meditation, God will help you select out the things that you need to focus on, that you need to hear over and over and over again. Sometimes you understand that you're healed, but there are sometimes things that you may need to meditate on to expand your acceptance of the fact that you're healed. You got me? Like, for instance, people, many people, you know, you'll notice this sometimes about people, uh, that they're reluctant to confess their sins. They, they never do anything wrong. You ever see people like that? They, they don't apologize easily. They don't repent you know, and they just go about living their life. It, they need to meditate on the fact that God cleanses them. See, if you're clean, you must stay clean. You know, I know I do. You go through all the trouble to get dressed, and, you know, and if you sit down and have something to eat and spill something, everybody's upset when that happens. Amen? So if you're clean, you want to stay clean. But many people have not stayed before God long enough to know that he cleanses them as well as forgives them. And if you're still dirty, you're always fixing yourself. So if you do something that, that you need to, to repent or apologize for, you continue to fix yourself. Well, I didn't do nothing wrong. No, 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 you got me wrong. I didn't didn't say that. Well, I was just joking. I was just always fixing yourself. Because you never got cleansed. You got me? There are a lot of Christians like that. You know them and I know them. You know you can't talk to them about anything. They snap at you. They don't want to hear you. They, you know, because they're always fixing themselves. Making excuses. They never apologize. 
<laughs> well, see, I, the reason I did that was they'd never been cleansed. Amen? They're always fixing other people. You'll see parents when their children do wrong. They didn't do that. My kids don't do that. Never been cleansed. So you even fix dirty little kids, you know, and some of them will know better. Mama, I did. And they'll go to little kids and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. They'll want to make peace with people, and you're still fixing everybody. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So we need to get cleansed. Once you're cleansed, you won't stay cleansed. So you'll make, you keep short accounts with God. You know, when you do something wrong, you're quick to repent. The Bible tells us to be that way. Quick to forgive. Slow to get angry. Sometimes people are too quick to get angry. Why? Because they're not cleansed. They're still dirty from way years ago. You know, used to be, they used to keep short accounts with gods, but they get slick, slack, you know, as years go by. Just get casual. Amen? Just like being married too long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to fix myself up a little better than I do now, but I got my pajamas on for two days. <laughs> yeah, you all right. You ain't bad till they walk downstairs and put themselves on you, so. <laughs> But it happens. We get casual about things. Unless you make up your mind to live close to God. And if you do that, you want to stay clean for Him. See, not for people, but for God. Because you want Him to approve of you. Amen? So, so we need to quit fixing ourselves. Let God fix you. Come clean before Him. Stay clean before Him. So that you don't have to be one of those Christians that people can't talk to. You know, you gotta pray and ask God to open a door for you to tell them just to correct one small thing. There are people like that, folks. We all have to deal with them. But you, you, you make that attempt because you want to see them do better. You want to see them partake of what God has for them. And it's, it's their sloppy living that's keeping them separated from God, you know. And so it, it's worth it in a way if they'll receive it, you know. It's 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 tough living around believers that don't live up to God. One way in the house and another way when they're out with people. Got me? Closer you are to, to them, the more their, their uncleanness rubs off on you. Got me? And so it's good to, to everybody bear their own burden everybody confess their own sins everybody get cleansed that's a good way to live when you're cleansed there's a lightness about you you don't pick up burdens so quick you know because you're you're not trying to be responsible for everything that's wrong no so you know you let burdens go real easily you know god you said that you to cast my cares on you because you care for me. Amen? So you let that go. So not only did you let your sin go, you let the weights go. 
You let the burdens go. You let everything go. And, and you feel better living carefree. See? Some people don't even know what that, that's like because they've never got close enough to God to just stay cleansed. Amen? Always running around on the outside of the, the thing instead of living close. You, you gotta want God real bad. You understand what I'm saying? To, to just put everything aside, God, whatever, whatever I have to recognize about myself or, or correct or run the risk of you telling me something I don't want to hear, you know, is worth it because I want to live close to you. Got me? And, and it is possible to do that. It's possible to live that way. And so God wants us to live like that. So, in meditation is very, very important for our cleansing. For the cleansing and the renewing of your mind is very important. But see, meditate day and night. That means keep your mind filled with God's word and not with what's wrong with everybody else and what so-and-so needs to do. And You know, people get... get yeah, what's wrong with the body of Christ? How would you know? You know, they just get up and say all kind of crazy foolishness because they just think think too highly of themselves. Instead of taking care of what belongs to them, they want to project out and try to know about everybody else. Got, got all the problems figured out. What God's people need to be doing, you have no clue what, you know, God speaks to everybody individually. And so... This meditation really is what transforms us into the image of Christ. Now, we have his image in us to a degree. But the more you meditate, the more that image takes over in you. And the more things you're able to believe God for, you can believe him for the difficult things. He will start to speak to you more frequently, speak to you more often. Uh, he'll begin to quicken you uh, with with different gifts, visions, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You give your senses more over to meditating on the word, and then God, that becomes a channel of communication between you and he, where he can talk to you more and reinforce more what he's saying to you. Amen? So, so it's, it's all good, folks. I mean, you can't overdose on this and you can't do too much. Amen. And it'll always pay off for you because he's, you, he's available. You're available to him. So meditation really is the key that in his word, Psalm 1 tells you, blessed is a man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. That could be you. See? Your carnal mind can counsel you to do certain things. And if you obey it, you've messed up. So, and and to have carnal friends around you who constantly feed that, you're in big trouble. You need to have spiritual people around you. Amen? And and respect what they have to say. Don't fight people all the time. Just listen. Just settle down, listen. You know, act like you respect them if you don't. You know what I'm saying? You God might honor that. Just you a little play acting, you know, sometimes. <laughs> but but this is very important for us for the to get the right information, make the right decisions all the time. 
Uh, make sure everything that you do will work for you. Amen? Everything you set your hands to will prosper. Why? Because you had a mind of God all the time. If you meditate the word, you're thinking like God thinks all the time. You're ready to, to accept what he says instead of challenging it all the time because it don't sound right to you, you know? And so this is, this is, this is golden right here, you know? This is it right here. And, and many times this meditation is what really heals your body. It's not so much of spending so many hours listening to so-and-so's teachings. But what do you take away from that? See, once you stop listening, once the tape, the teaching is finished, then something's got to be in your mind that you take with you. And so if the word is, is there for you to feed on and chew on and meditate on and think on that, God, what does it that mean? It's that, that you, you, Father, you, you, you took my pains. But I'm still sitting up here in pain. Lord, if you took it already, why am I still in pain? You understand? Just get, get, get deep down with it. You know, confront these things. And God will give you a plan for how to get rid of that pain 100% forever. But you gotta put the question out there. And you see, this is what meditation is. It's muttering to yourself. It's thinking it through. It's querying, questioning. If this is true, Lord, why isn't it happening for me? And let God answer you. Instead of just thinking, well, maybe I should do this more and jump up and go do it. See, this is, this is when we scared of the right answer. And usually what you come up with on your own is it, harder than what God would give you to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes if you just do nothing and let the words sink in, it'll start quickening you. And you'll notice these symptoms have gotten better here. You understand what I'm saying? Let God be God. Let him take over. Instead of us coming up with all of our programs, all of our solutions, all of our this and all of our that, through meditation, you let God take over. He starts to to run the conversation, the mental conversation. If you'll just let that begin to minister to you. Just think the thoughts of God. Think to yourself, God, it, you're not a man that you should lie. Lord, why is it that that when I hear the word sometimes, it just sounds too unbelievable to me? You're asking well, this little silly stuff that's a little kid stuff. God, that's not a lie, but it comes to me as something so fantastic. It just makes it seem as hard for me to believe that, that you would do that, or you would do that for me. Or, you know, Lord, I look at the people in the Bible, and Daniel spent a whole night in a den of lions. And I don't even want to be around my neighbor's cat. You understand what I'm saying? It's It's like... God, there's got to be something else there that I'm missing. You know, and see, meditation, you have the greatest time between you and God just thinking out things and asking him about it. The curiosity gets you all the time when you're in the word because you think about things and you think, boy, 
boy, oh boy, that's wonderful. And, you know, I would, I would, I would many times when I, before I would, would do a, a teaching or, or a sermon or something, God would give me a phrase. And for the first, for the first few years when I would hear that phrase, and I could, I think about it for a couple of minutes and I couldn't, think of what he meant and I just skip over it and say well I'll teach on something I know I miss some of the biggest opportunities to gain knowledge because I thought I couldn't talk about something if, unless I knew every little detail about it but I started leaving those I would write down what he gave me and it would be the title of what I was and it might stay on that blank page for about a couple of months and then one day I would go back to it and it would start to flow. It would all make sense to me. You understand what I'm saying? Or I, when I would, would finish a teaching and I would, uh, afterwards, I would think about, I said, oh wow, I could have said that. And I finished, I didn't, I, I must have forgot to say it. And God said, no, that's for your next time. He said, there's always more to the word. You understand? And so you begin to understand how much God has for us, how vast his knowledge is. And when you get to an issue with, say, something, a roadblock, you think, in your health, and you can't get past it. And you realize, God, you know everything. You know what it's going to take for me to get rid of this. You know how this is going to get resolved. And I thank you that I believe I'm healed already and I can have what I say, and it will come to pass. You understand what I'm saying? And then at some point, he may take you right back to that situation and say, now this is what you need to do a little bit more of, or this is what you need to do. You're doing this fine. You're doing, you, you understand what I'm saying? Or I want you to spend more time with me meditating. That's why you haven't gotten the whole healing yet. We need to spend a little more time together. Things like that. You know, he's always got your answer. It's always going to be the word. It's always going to be. But see, meditation really starts to open it up to your understanding. See, you're, you, we, we kind of know a lot, but we don't understand a lot. We know a lot of scriptures and they're familiar to us, but we don't really get the whole essence and the whole meaning of it. You know, uh, everything. Like, like, uh, uh, all of the the chefs now, uh, you know, the little these little fads go through everybody's profession. So the people who cook now are into um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, whole whole uh, whole animal. You know, they want to use everything in the animal. I'm thinking, well, slaves have been doing that forever. You know, that ain't new to us. The chicken beak, the, the, you know, the, whatever, yeah, the eye, the foot, the whatever, you know, the feet, that's common, you know, but it's like, it's like it's a whole brand new thing to them. I'm thinking to myself, come on, y'all. But this is what meditation does. See, it uses up every scrap of the word. It gets every little bit of the word that, that you need to get. And sometimes, you know, you just need to stay with it. Let the meditation take care of your health. Because it will. Proverbs 4.20 says it. 
He says, it says, if you don't let it depart from your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart. Amen. Meditate in it day and night. It's life and health to you. So, so that word needs to be meditated upon so that you can get every little nugget out of it and not just read it and say, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Like you're confessing is doing something. You know, unless you pay attention to it, unless you grab it, unless you let it bring life to you and open it up and, and let it feed you. Amen. It's just not going to be, be very nourishing to you. It's like, you know, you buy eggs there in the shell. If you don't ever crack that egg, you don't get the nourishment out of it. You're sitting up there looking at the shell. Amen. And so if you don't meditate on the word, you just heard it, heard it again, you skip over it like you did the last time you heard it, instead of taking it into your heart and saying, God, I'm going to stay on this until I get everything that's in here. I'm going to get this. i got to get this. Amen? Make it kind of like a, a matter of life and death to you. You know, God, i I got to get this. We're not gonna go this way again. You know, we're, we're gonna get, we're gonna get free. We're gonna get everything because I'm gonna spend time with you meditating this out so that I can understand and I can receive and have everything you want me to have. So, so it's good to understand that that's sometimes the missing ingredient in what we need from God. This is meditation. Because people who are in a hurry don't do it. And everybody's in a hurry. We want our healing fast. Amen. We want our money fast. We want a job promotion fast. We want everything fast. Why? So we, we don't have to spend time with God. We don't have to pay the price of meditation. Keep it selecting to keep God close to us rather than all the stuff we want to get to as we rush through reading our Bible. You know, or rush through whatever else there is. And we just want to, we're selfish people. We want to do what we want to do with our time, with our money, with everything. You know, and, and, and God wants us to get to know Him. He knows us already. We don't know Him. And that's probably a, a big thing in whether or not we get what we need from God. And so, uh, we, we need to hear. And we need to let faith come to us. Amen. In Romans 10, it tells us how faith comes. Amen. So in, in, uh, Proverbs 4, 20, it says, attend to my word, incline your ear to my sayings. Why? So health and, and can come into you. Life and health can come to you, but it comes by faith. Amen. Faith comes, you know, it, 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 the reason it's written it that way in the Old Testament is because there wasn't a faith that people carried with them from hearing the word. Amen? Uh, even in Joshua 1.8, he says, meditate day and night. It said nothing about faith growing because we didn't have Christ dwelling in us. Now over in the New Testament, we start to understand that what we are doing when we hear the word is developing our faith. So faith is everything. It's the faith of the Son of God. So um, what I say, Romans 10, sorry about that. 
part of life. And we know the story. This is the Roman road that we take people down. <laughs> Amen. It says, okay, it says, uh, the righteousness, verse 6, which is by faith, talks like this. Don't say in your heart, in your heart, that's where you believe. Amen. Who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend to the deep to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word, or Christ, and his truth is near you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So it's already in you. You're just hearing it to confirm what's already in you. The Holy Spirit has all the word of God already on the inside of you. So when you confess it, you have to let it out so that it can manifest. Amen. Once the word is spoken, it has every opportunity to manifest itself. And it says here, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Why? With the heart we believe and that makes us righteous. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How many times do you have to confess Christ to be saved? One time. Amen. Why are we confessing and confessing and confessing? (laughs) Amen. Well, it is something to think about. Now, confessing the word does not hurt you at all. But you can't attach a significance to it that doesn't line up with the truth of God's word. You got me? Where Where you are confessing it so that it builds your faith is on the inside of you through your medic meditation. Amen. So really con- meditation is a way of, of your spirit confessing to your soul what the truth of God's word is. Amen. So that, that once you confess the word of God, when you say by his stripes, I am healed, you only have to say that one time. Once you say it, you're healed. Amen? And you believe you receive your healing when you prayed. Now, if you go along for a while and symptoms increase, and you say, Nuh-uh, I'm not receiving this because I'm healed. You're saying it for a different reason. See, After you have received, then your confession begins to be your weapon of warfare to fight off unbelief, to fight off doubt, to fight off challenges, amen, to to what you already have. So you're not confessing over and over again to get God to, you got me? You're not doing that. To make him heal you. Because you're already healed. But your confession will be needed throughout your process to keep yourself in faith. 
and to fight off unbelief and to fight off doubt and to fight off challenges. Amen? You know, there, there are times where I'll talk to my pill bottle. I don't do it all the time, but I said, no, nope, pretty soon I'm not going to have to take y'all no more. Now that pill can't hear me. So who am I talking to? Talking to me. Amen? And once I get it, I get that it, that my healing is coming soon. Amen? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm putting it on a soon track. And, and sometimes you'll have to do that with some things to speed it up where you're expecting now not to have to do this much longer because you just said it. And so you'll meditate on said, nope, I'm, not, I'm getting rid of these soon. And you keep schooling yourself on that. Amen. I'm not going to be doing this forever. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you, Lord. I received it when I prayed. And I thank you that it will come to pass and soon. You got me? And and so that's really what your confession is for. Don't ever get into like a mindless repetition where you're a Pharisee, where you think you will be heard by your much speaking. Make sure when you wield the sword of the Spirit, you're not cutting up everything that's out there and don't know what you hit. It's got to be purposeful. you got to understand. See, and this is what meditation does for you. It gives you understanding of how and why you're doing this. You know, a lot of people confess and confess and then they quit doing because it doesn't help anything. Come on now. Everybody didn't got a dry tongue and realize I've just been confessing this word and I don't know what it's doing. If it's doing anything. Or if the, you know, and then the unbelief hits you in the head over and over again, you believe it less after talking. It's the truth. Why could people quit doing it at all? I said, well, this ain't working. Let me see if there's something else I can grab out of that. But if you would stop. And meditate on what you're saying. Think to and ask God. See, meditation is a inner discussion. It's a query. Amen. It's not you just keep saying over and over on the inside. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed, I'm healed. That's not what that is. That's not meditating. Meditating is a conversation on the inside of you. Amen. Where you do a little bit of tough and God puts his in there. And see, when he puts his in there, you quicken. Amen? That word gets quickened. There's life on that word when it comes from God. And sometimes we'll say, oh, I got a revelation. Remember them days? We lived to get a revelation. Seldom get them anymore sometimes. You know, you go through them dry periods. Why? Because you took the word. We, Oh, I was in my word all the time. Yeah, you were meditating too. You were asking God to show you what that meant. See, we let a lot of things slip that are very essential. The more your needs, the older you get, the more you'll have needs in God. And they may get a little more complicated as you get older. And so we need to pick up these little habits we didn't let fall by the wayside. You know, you used to stop and, and have a scripture at the dinner table and read that out loud. Well, I know it by heart now. I'm just going to say it. Then you say it a little bit. 
Huh? You quit saying it. Or you remember to say it after you got two mouthfuls. I do that all the time. I say, oh, bless you. I'm just being honest, y'all. That just is the honesty day. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, I just believe that we need to slow our roll. Come back to where God found us. Where his, his, where we, the law, David said, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation day and night. That's how you fall in love with God again. See, we fall in and out of love with God. You know, we get so distant from Him sometimes, our little blessings dry up or they don't come so easily. You know, you feel like you're pulling teeth just to get a bill paid sometimes. And it's because you got to show him that you love his start meditating on his word again god i'm sorry i fell away I, i'm i'm getting back you know i start thinking about it god give me a scripture i just want to share a scripture with you today how do we accomplish this how do we do this okay. day and night day and night day and night thinking about him it pays off folks life gets so much easier answers are right there for you it doesn't take you long to get anything, you know, and and do a little fasting, you know, skip it's like skip breakfast or skip something, you know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, not that all the time, but you know, just take a time and say, God, I just really want to don't want to do anything. I want to just focus on you right now. Give me a scripture that we can feast on together, and and allow that to be your your meat. Amen. Allow that to feed you. Let that let that get somewhere with you. You know, make make a difference for you. It does make a difference, folks. And it will cut short a lot of this religious stuff sometimes that we picked up that's not working. But we don't want to let it go because it's all we got. You understand what I'm saying? Lord, if I don't do this, what am I gonna do? Amen. You're gonna meditate on the word. You're gonna get something fresh from him. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for blessing us with knowledge from your word, revelation from your word, understanding from your word. Lord, it's always so good. It really is so good. And Lord, I thank you that you have ordained that not only that we be be forgiven, but that we be cleansed. Lord, I just ask you to give everybody who would dare to think about that all day long a revelation on how that works, how to get it consistently, and how to, to make it important to them, Father. It's important that we be cleansed and not trying to fix ourselves up all the time, clean ourselves up, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, we do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I don't have fill in the blank. Amen. And it don't have me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord.